you do what works for you. I do what works for me. We're all in this shit together at the end of the day. And it sucks, but sometimes we need situations like this to remind us of that fact, that we all do have that common goal at the end of the day of being happy and healthy and of our families being happy and healthy. That's it. How you get there? I don't give a fuck. I want you to get there. I don't give a fuck how you get there. And don't worry about how I get there. What up, what up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to the Spontaday Podcast, the only podcast that is anchored in writing, but unlimited in scope. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I appreciate you listening. This is episode 198 of the Spontaday Podcast, and as you can tell by the title, the bitch got me. I evaded her, shucked and jived, ducked and walked away, put up my defenses with vitamins, minerals, Pfizer shot after Pfizer shot, but the bitch got me. She finally got me. It was a good run, though. Took about two years, so nothing to sneeze at, pun unintended. I got the Rona. Me and my whole family did. And I have an episode due for you guys, but obviously not in podcasting shape, so I'm going to deviate from the usual programming. Just wanted to drop a quick note, let you all know what's going on, and... Just share my personal experience with going through COVID. I think it's uh, good to be out there for posterity's sake and, you know, for folks to take from it what they will. Also, if you don't get another episode two weeks from now, then I think it's safe to assume that things went left. (laughs) And um, uh, hopefully that's not the case. And it doesn't seem like it's going to be because we definitely are uh, feeling better. That's the, the good news. We're starting to feel better. It feels like we've gotten like past the hump of the bad days. But yeah, just wanted to tell you guys a little bit about it. So a few days back on New Year's Eve, I'm recording this on what is today? Wednesday, January 5th, 2022. And actually, let me take a step back. I want to preface everything by stating that one, I'm not a doctor, not pretending to be one or some sort of expert or virologist or or what have you. Two, I'm just sharing my personal and my family's personal anecdotal experience with dealing with having coronavirus and literally, as I record this, still having it. And three, if you don't want to listen to coronavirus talk and I completely get it, I feel like it's, at this point, it's just like, ugh, more COVID shit. Like, we're all sick of it. Literally, figuratively, pun unintended. So I get it. And to those folks, I'll just say, you know, don't listen to this episode. Just like if you don't want to listen to one of my free writing session episodes where I speak about breaking down prose on a page and uh, recap and review of a book that I've read, etc. Or a movie that I've watched or the latest UFC or whatever bullshit I speak about. Whatever you don't want to listen to. And it goes, for me, this podcast, this specific episode, any podcast, any show, any whatever. There's a variety of shit out there for everybody kick rocks go find whatever it is that you like and indulge nobody's twisting your arm but i will also say that this isn't also a pro-vaccine anti-vaccine type of thing um myself fully vaccinated and did it help in my experience and my family's experience so far with with covid i hope so honestly 
call it being a pussy, scared or not knowing or whatever, but I didn't want to roll that dice, that particular dice of, you know, me being high risk with high blood pressure, my wife being high risk, she's been on the podcast in the past and has multiple sclerosis, being constantly exposed to my senior parents and them having their health issues and being high risk on multiple fronts, you know, it's not a, a roll of the dice that I was willing to take of, well, let me see how I fare without the vaccine. You know what I mean? That was, and I look at that as a personal choice. You know, I have friends that go one way and relatives that go one way and friends and relatives that go another way. Like I'm sure all of us do. Anybody listening to this, you know, people on the left of the argument, on the right of the argument, pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine. And this isn't about that. Like that othering bullshit that we all are susceptible to and we all do. And that the media, the politicians, the folks that have something to gain from that type of like divide and conquer, truly elementary strategy. We got to stop playing into that because that's what we're doing with the constant, you know, just othering. Like, oh, you're on that side? Oh, fuck you. Oh, you're blue, red, left, right, pro-vax, anti-vax, pro-science, anti-science. What science? This is science. No, that's science. No, it's like, come on. This expert said no, but that expert said. All of a sudden, everybody, everybody's a fucking expert. I'm a do-what-works-for-you, what's best for you and yours type of person. It's the type of mentality I have. As long as you're not infringing on others. That's usually my take on most things. I do think it's important to share stories like this, which is why I'm doing it. Because true, direct, unfiltered, to the people, from the people, you know, peer-to-peer type of distribution, I think that's where that's where it's at. And that's like the essence of podcasting and independence. And I think we all get more out of that and that type of energy and mentality than all the othering and all the bullshitting that I just referenced. So that said, my kids, three-year-old and a one-year-old, Aiden and Grayson, they had a cough for about a week, five, six days, just a cough, no fever. You know, kids are always getting sick, getting colds, which is why, according to my kid's uh, pediatrician, they are so much more resilient to this COVID shit. And statistically, you know, kids do a lot better in terms of like mortality and just having a better time and like hospitalization rates and stuff like that of getting past COVID is because of that fact that they get sick all the time. So their immune systems are just like hyper aware and constantly working. And, you know, they're getting sick. Oh, fuck, we got to fight another cold. Oh, we got to fight another cold. Oh, we got to fight, fight another virus. And the COVID virus is the, the, I think the COVID-2 virus is the same, the same virus that causes COVID and the same virus that causes like the common cold. Um, so their immune systems are just like jacked up and like ready as that's why older people do less because their immune system, you know, we're older folks that, you know, are practicing proper hygiene, et cetera, are getting sick less often and their immune systems are just not working as hard. And as you know, if you have kids, kids are like little cesspools of fucking germs. So my kids had a cough for uh, five to six days. This is leading up to New Year's uh, 2022. So we just gave them like over the counter, uh, like this Arby's cough medicine and uh, like Robitussin's version of with the elderberry and like stuff like that, just to try to like uh, treat their cough. And But it was constant for like five days. Then on New Year's Eve, 
towards the end of the night, my three-year-old Aiden uh, had was like warm to the touch, and he was kind of like a little bit out of it, and he had a fever. We gave him some Tylenol. He started uh, feeling less warm to the to the touch, and we had some of those rapid uh, COVID tests, and we've done it in the past. And I was thinking, you know, I was actually thinking leading up uh, before he got the fever, you know, they've been coughing for a while. It was it, like it didn't pass my mind. It, like, I didn't think that it was COVID or something. Like that, but after like a few days of consistent coughing, I was like, uh, I think coughing's a, a symptom, right? Isn't it? I'm not too sure. Uh, it is, by the way. Spoiler alert. And I was thinking about testing him. And then like after the fever, then definitely we, we were like, oh, shit. You know, like me and my wife have done it. And, you know, we, we've tested negative with the take home. And then... We did it for my son Aiden, and he tested positive. And I'll tell you, I when I saw that, it's like a uh, it's a take home thing, right? It's similar to like when they do it at the at the doctor or the lab, you know, they swab your nose. The take home is less accurate, they say, unless you're experiencing symptoms as you are taking it. It's not as accurate as like a PCR test, which is what they do at like the doctors or the lab. I think, and this is just an assumption, I think it's less accurate because it's also telling you to just swab around your nostril on both sides. That's what the instructions say, as opposed to, you know, like if anybody that is listening to this has ever taken the actual COVID test, like with the doctor, they like shove that shit almost like tickling your brain, you know, like they push like into your nose and like spin it around in there and it's kind of uncomfortable. But the take-home test doesn't say to do that, and it's not as accurate. And I'm thinking that's why. That's but again, just an assumption. I don't know. I could be, and probably am, completely off on that. <laughs> but um, the result was positive on my son, and he he had like a runny nose and stuff. So you know, I picked up a bunch of stuff, obviously, and it was positive. And when it was, it's just like my heart sank. You know, I see my my three-year-old there. You know, like looking down, he has a fever. Like I know all, all the all the shit of uh, like the statistics and you know it's most likely not to have a bad time and statistically speaking he's gonna be fine but there are all those cases where it goes left you know what I mean like there are children that have died from COVID you know whether they've been vaccinated or not vaccinated obviously my son's three is not eligible to get vaccinated it's kind of on the fence about va- vaccinating kids anyway since they have such statistically an easy time with it but they have statistically a worse time with the actual vax and with developing things like myocarditis, especially in boys, less so in girls, um, which is like heart related issues. And my son already has like a a heart murmur. So, you know what I mean? It's like part of me is kind of glad I didn't have to make that decision yet because he's only three, but just, just like all the things will be like running through my mind, like instantly. And it's just fucking scary. I'll tell you, I'm not a religious person. I haven't prayed as much as I have in the last f- five days <laughs> as I have fucking ever, I think. I prayed so much. I, you know, don't believe in specific, like, religions really, but do believe in, like, a higher power, a God, a, a purpose, you know? Uh, just not into too much of the organized, the whole organized religion, religion thing. Um, although I do have a Divino Nino that I always seem is like my mom's favorite. It's like, I believe baby Jesus, Divino Nino. And like, I have one that I believe my mom gave me and she's always liked them. And since I was a kid, I kind of like them. 
like when my wife was sick in the hospital with uh, Grayson after she had Grayson where she had to go back to the hospital we recorded an episode about that if you guys want to go back and check it out like I, I took it with me um, like during this I've been like holding it the whole time and like praying to him and like making the kids kiss him and like stuff like that and uh, fuck and you right away start looking up all the shit that we've kind of sort of taken for granted and has become like white noise in the background that we keep hearing and reading on the news uh, you know different what are all the COVID symptoms and different things to look out for what does it mean uh, if i'm coughing you know when do i lose my sense of taste and smell if it happens spoiler alert happened to me on day four or five on day four and the average is between day four or five and when it happens it lasts like seven to 14 days but i'll get to that in a bit but i was fucking shook you know what i mean it's my fucking three-year-old my baby boy and you're defenseless as a parent and just to set the stage again, this is December 31st, New Year's Eve. It's probably like 9, 10 p.m. at night, you know, shortly before midnight. Everything's closed. Next day is New Year's Day when everything's closed. It's on a weekend, so everything is, or most things are closed. And by closed, I mean like, you know, it's pediatrician's office and uh, local urgent cares and stuff like that i assume like the hospital emergency room like stuff like that is obviously still going to be open but short staffed but it's just all things just like rushing through your mind right if you're a worrier like me like you think uh, a thousand things then you start backtracking what happened where'd he go what what did we do differently this past week if he has it then we all you know we all probably got it and then i tested my one-year-old and he was negative i tested my wife and myself and we were negative and it was like how could that be you know and then the people that he's exposed to my parents my mom in particular that watches over him uh like during the week and my brother and my sister-in-law and my nieces you know just the immediate family that he interacts with it's like are, are they okay are they exposed and your mind starts racing and thinking you just fucking worry and then on top of worrying you don't know or have any answers other than what you could look up online especially when everything's closing you can't speak to the pediatrician and especially when things are even more confusing because he's positive but we're all negative but then both my kids have been coughing but only one that tested positive had a fever so did the cough mean anything did it not mean something so that night we made the decision. My wife slept with the one-year-old in the bedroom, in our bedroom. Um, I slept with Aiden, my three-year-old, in an air mattress in the living room. I told him we were going camping just so he could think it's something like more fun and exciting because he still doesn't sleep in his room. Another story for another day. <laughs> um, that night, I, I didn't sleep a wink at all. I'm like constantly looking over at him, making sure he's breathing okay, you know, feeling him, you know, praying. I brought the the little Divino Nino next to us and put it, like, right over him. And, you know, hoping that every time I, I, like, felt his forehead, it was, like, cooler and he didn't feel warm. And, you know, listening to him cough and wake up and I he's coughing and almost throwing up. Then he actually does throw up. Shit is getting crazier. And it's just a rough, rough night. That first night. Rough, scary night. Then... The next day, no cough. Oh, I'm sorry. He did cough, but he didn't throw up anymore. He wasn't throwing up the next day, but still had a fever. And it was 
under control and by under control I mean you know every four hours Tylenol then it would go down for a while then it would come back later on give them more Tylenol it'll go back down etc but then on day two which is New Year's Day my son Grayson started getting a fever and he threw up and that was like all like during the day so he seemed to be getting worse and the next day that we got the test you know my three-year-old Aiden that his fever was starting to get under control. He didn't have a fever that day, but he did wind up throwing up. Actually, before we went to go uh, take the test, it was like, fuck, we got rid of the fever, but now he's throwing up again, and he didn't throw up yesterday. But yesterday, he had the fever, and he, you know, he's still coughing. That's like the constant throughout. My other son, Grayson, which had thrown up the day before, my one-year-old, the day before, he had the cough, fever, and threw up. The day of the test, he just had a cough and fever. Uh, my wife and I had both had the cough still and like body aches and just like feeling shitty. Um, but thankfully no fever. My headache went away, you know, just dealing with like the stress of the situation and just like feeling like shit, like a bad cold. And, you know, we're anticipating the results. The next day we get the results and all four of us tested positive. So with the PCR test, you know, that they actually swab your fucking tickling your brain. We all tested positive. So what does that mean for the take home test? From my perspective, I'm not sure. Was it the fact that Aiden was already showing symptoms, according to the pediatrician? Um, you know, because I asked him that question: Why were the like take-home tests us three were negative and Aiden was positive? Reinforced by whatever in online as well is that the the rapid test, those take-home tests, they're most accurate, or like when they're accurate, it's when you're showing symptoms. Like that's when it picks up stuff. So if you're having symptoms like a fever, you know, cough, like whatever symptoms, that's when the take-home rapid test will pick it up. It could also detect and pick up if you're not showing symptoms, but not likely. And that was apparently the case for the rest of us. And I also do think that swabbing thing, just like swabbing the nostrils versus, you know, getting in there, um, has something to do with it as well. But again, that part is just my opinion. So the night after finding out, it's like, oh, and, you know, at this point, we're, you know, an anticipating the before getting, like, the results, like, we started wearing the masks inside the house, which we hadn't done before. And just, like, you know, you're looking for anything. And at that point, anything and everything that might help, could help, you do. Like I said, I'm not the, the religious praying type. I was praying, like, a Buddhist monk on a silent retreat or something. I normally take a lot of like vitamins and like supplements and shit, um, but I double down, triple down on those. And I'll tell you guys like what my like normal regimen is, just in case any of the above is what has helped. You know, I'm definitely gonna share that. And I normally do that when I get sick. Like I'll OD on like vitamins and minerals and shit, because that's what your body is like depleted in, right? It needs more of to like fight the viruses off. But let me finish telling you guys like the rest of our symptoms for the last couple of days. The so we tested positive, we're all positive, we're all quarantined, we're all in the apartment, so not wearing the mask. We're it's kind of like bittersweet, kind of if it makes sense, because we're like separate and staying away from each other, and you know, kind of sort of treating my three year old as like patient zero, but at the same time, you know, not wanting him to feel ostracized, and you know what I mean. But like we're wear, wearing a mask around him, then he's like, "Oh, I want to wear my mask." And we're like, "All right, sure, buddy, <laughs> put it on," you know. Um, and we just fucking feel bad. Like he doesn't know what's going on. He just knows he doesn't feel good. 
He's like, I sick daddy. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Fucking heart just breaks, man. And, you know, we're sleeping separately, but now, you know, at, at least we have that comfort that we can, like, sleep together again because we're all f- fucked, basically. We're all sick. Um, but that night, that second night, like, my... Uh, or not that second night. By this time, it's what? One, two, three, the fourth night. <clears throat> yeah, the fourth day and night. My son Aiden, the three-year-old, the first one that that tested positive, he had a minor cough. His cough was going away. His appetite was back because he wasn't really eating much. His appetite was completely back, and he was acting normal. No fever, no nothing. He just had that minor cough, and his appetite was back, thankfully. My one-year-old Grayson still had a cough, still had a fever, but a light fever that, again, just continued to like fight off with Tylenol, and he hasn't been... Um, he never lost his appetite. That kid loves eating <laughs> and, um, no, definitely no concerns there. I still had uh, a cough, not too bad, but I had a cough, you know, body aches, still feel like, like achy, sick and diarrhea and my TMI, right? My, um, my wife still had the neck pain and the body ache, but she that night had such a bad coughing fit like cough 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 like non-stop coughing uh like the point she like she had to get out of bed go to the bathroom she was coughing so much you know it, it exacerbated her neck pain the the ki- the kids were sleeping thankfully so i was able to like leave them like go to her and like try to like help and like tend to her and like she was like out of breath and you know we had just gotten the results that day so you know reading on like the he- the main concern is at this point if and and you know i spoke to my doctor's office we spoke to the pediatricians and the main directive that they all gave us and the consensus on what we read was that what is most concerning is loss of appetite if nobody wants to eat anything and or if uh, you develop uh, uh, struggles with breathing. Like if you see your kids or, or yourself, you know, you're sleeping or you're at rest or whatever, and you're breathing like heavy as if you just finished like running a marathon, then there's an issue. Um, you know, try to monitor, monitor your oxygen if you can with like an O2 sensor, which thankfully we have for the, for the one-year-old. So we can know when he sleeps or while he sleeps rather, um, which we've always had for him. So we have that in our minds. And then my wife, my wife is having this coughing fit, which, you know, in and of itself, when you cough, you're not breathing. Like in that split second that you're coughing, there's no breath going in and out. Right. Or at least it feels that way to me. I don't know if that's like a fucking technical scientific certainty, but (coughs) speaking of which, (laughs) and, but she's coughing like nonstop, like for a long time. Uh, so much so that she must have like hyperventilated or just like, you know, she's not getting like that normal circadian fucking breathing rhythm going, you know, and she starts freaking out and crying and I'm like trying to help and console her. I'm getting her water. I, I start like boiling fucking tea and just like, grabbing shit from the cupboards and like throwing cinnamon sticks and ani and checking to see if we have honey. And just to get her something warm and you know she after a while you know finally thankfully she was she like was able to like calm down and and uh, get her breathing back and and it wasn't like uh the lack of breathing wasn't like covid induced it was like because of the cough um at least we believe 
and as long as she wasn't like going through that coughing fit she was good you know in terms of her breathing but the cough was you know kept on on and off from there like throughout the night like she wound up going to the living room i stayed with the kids um but she was able to like get under control and calm down and get a little bit of rest you know drinking the tea and like and stuff like that we found honey so that was a, a scary scary night as well then um yesterday my son Aiden again continued with a minor cough and his appetite was completely good he was actually like hungrier than usual actually my one-year-old Grayson lost the fever he didn't have the fever yesterday um still has the cough still had the cough and my wife had uh, a cough and neck pain but not not as severe a cough and I got the loss of most of what I taste and smell and a minor cough as of yesterday. And it's like, we have like this, real, my wife buys these like really fragrant soaps and shit. Like those foamy soaps from like Bed Bath & Beyond or whatever. And they smell like a lot. And I was like washing my hands, you know, throughout this whole thing. Obviously, they tell you to continue maintaining those like sanitary habits of like washing your hands all the time, keeping shit clean using sanitizer etc um but anyway i was just washing my hands and i'm no i noticed i was like oh shit i don't smell this then i had to like damn near shove the soap in my nose to like kind of get a faint smell of it and i was like oh fuck i'm losing my smell does i mean i'm getting worse you know what's going on um because according to one of the doctors we spoke to you know it's something that progresses and then when it starts going down like it regresses it's not going to go like up and down and up and down and up and down in terms of like symptoms and shit that we're having and then I looked up online that most folks that do lose their sense of taste and smell, it's not a right away thing. Um, it's usually on day four or five. So that for me would have been day one, two, three, would have been day four, which was yesterday. And it's not like I can't smell or taste anything, um, but most things like we, we ordered uh, food to be delivered and left at the door and it was... Like, I couldn't taste it. I had a, a cheeseburger with fries, and I couldn't taste anything except for, like, barbecue sauce. Like, And I guess because it was, like, the zing from it or whatever, I could taste that. But everything else just felt like I was just, like, chewing something. I started opening, like, bottles of liquor. Like, I checked, like, some whiskey, and I took a, a whiff, and I'm like, fuck, I don't smell, like, any of this. Like, very, 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 very faintly. It's like, I know that's not how this is supposed to smell, you know? But, like, when you're stuffy and congested and sick, like, when you have normal cold and shit, like, your smelling and senses, like, go down anyway. Um, but this is, like, a little extra. My wife also started experiencing some of that yesterday, but um, apparently not as much as me, or maybe I'm just, like, bitching about it more. And as of today, as of this recording, both my kids have a minor cough. That's it. Still no fever. Again, they haven't thrown up in days. My wife has a minor cough and uh, still has that neck pain that she has and i have the minor cough and the loss of taste and smell that um my fat ass is complaining about and besides that you know just like the general sluggishness of you know being sick like with a normal cold and like the body aches and tiredness and stuff like that you feel the feedback we got from the doctor is to quarantine if you, if you don't have symptoms, you quarantine for five days. Like, that's what you see in the news now, right? That's, like, what the the director from, like, the CDC, I believe, is. 
quarantine for five days if you are symptom free aka asymptomatic no symptoms you never had any issues but you did test positive five days you'll be good and the reason for that is because you're still contagious when you are when you test positive and they believe now that it's for five days when you're asymptomatic as opposed to the 10 that they believed before if you are showing symptoms if you are sick they believe you're still symptomatic for 10 days or you're still contagious rather for 10 days after when you first started showing symptoms so when the kids were like coughing and like stuff like that they said that's uh probably when it started so you could start like the 10-day countdown from there for my wife and i would be um from that like first night when we got the the like fevers and diarrhea and all that fun stuff that would be the beginning of like our 10 days because that's like our first like real symptoms that that we felt now what i've been taking and that i always take this is my vitamin regimen from like forever well i don't know for like forever for but for a couple years now i take uh, a fish oil a couple of those brolic ass fish oil pills i take two i take quercetin zinc and vitamin d those three together are supposedly helpful in this battle for covid like either zinc or quercetin is is no is a ionosphere 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 which allows the vitamin d to be processed by your cells or your body or whatever it is that processes vitamin d um the zinc or the, or the quercetin opens up the pathways or something like that to allow it to be much more absorbable or whatever so the vitamin d that you take is that much more effective something like that something along those lines like it has some sort of symbiotic relationship so i figured it can't hurt it might help take it i apply the 80 20 rule there right and i think something like 70 something percent or 80 something percent of all folks that have ever been hospitalized with covid were severely deficient in vitamin d and the only way we get vitamin D is through the sun. So if you don't spend time in the sun, and by time in the sun, it's not like when you walk to the train and, you know, you see the sun outside or whatever. Like, we don't get sun. Like, the pop the U.S. population in general is deficient in vitamin D. That's our norm. That's our baseline. Like, we start at being deficient. And I know correlation does not equal causation, but that fact was like, all right, so... My body needs vitamin D, obviously, because it's not just a vitamin. It's a, a hormone that your body needs. And I obviously don't get enough sun. So supplementing with vitamin D is a good idea. And, oh, it could possibly also help with symptoms of COVID and shit. So, of course, no brainer. So I take that. So what is that? Fish oil, quercetin, zinc, vitamin D. I take a multivitamin, a CBD pill every day, and turmeric for inflammation every day. And this is aside from my high blood pressure medication, which I also take. This is just like supplement shit. And what I added to that a uh, few, probably a couple months ago, I would say like three months ago, I started taking uh, Athletic Greens, which I always wanted to try, but that shit was expensive. And I decided to, to give it a shot, and I love it. It's like a scoop of dense, dense, dense amount of nutrients and micronutrients, and it's literally has everything that a multivitamin has like all the different vitamins and minerals it's packed with like plant like has broccoli and spirulina and just a shitload of dense 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 nutrients it has probiotics it has prebiotics so the probiotics can feed off the prebiotics and be that much more potent for your gut health it has a bunch of shit in it 
and it's just a scoop in water. You mix it, drink it, and it tastes pretty good. It doesn't taste like a fucking milkshake, but it doesn't taste like like fucking mud or chalk or something. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you drink healthy shit that tastes bad. To me, it tastes pretty good. Uh, so I've been taking that as well. Also, emergency. Like whenever I'm sick, and every once in a while, I, j- I just take it anyway because uh, I kind of like the taste. Probably because I don't drink fucking like soda and juice and like stuff like that. I just drink like water, black coffee, no sugar, whiskey. In terms of like liquids, that's like what I drink. So things that are slightly kind of sweet, probably that's what I'm getting, like the sugar from it. And maybe that's why I like it. But anyway, like those emergency uh, packets, which are just like filled with a shitload of vitamin C, some B vitamins and sugar. Whenever I'm sick, like I'll take like two, three, sometimes four of those packets a day uh, throughout the day. So during this time of COVID, I've been taking that as well. And I was also taking Dominican antibioticos and uh, Tylenol, like every four or five hours as well, throughout these past few days. And the crazy thing is that I am fully vaccinated, Pfizer vaccine, got both my shots, but I wasn't boosted yet. And I was hesitant towards it because that's Grayson in the background feeling like a champ, yelling at himself in the mirror. (laughs) and the only reason why i wasn't boosted yet is because um i have been getting like these weird like muscle type spasms in weird different spots and during just like random times like uh nothing that i could specifically pinpoint and the spasms felt like a shooting pain like on like the back of my neck sometimes it would be like on my arm and i feel them coming on and it just it lasts like a minute or two um and it like intensifies and then dwindles down and then once I felt it, like, towards my back, once, like, by my neck, um, on either arm, you know, like, the first time it happened, I literally thought I was having a stroke or something, and I started Googling, like, what does a stroke feel like, <laughs> as one does, right? And um, I spoke to my doctor about it, and my doctor said that it is rare, but in some cases, people do develop, like, those uh, type of symptoms, uh, the way I was describing them. And I honestly couldn't find anything about those type of symptoms online when I try to, like, look myself. Because of that, I hadn't moved forward just yet with the with the booster. And, you know, going on my doctor's advice, he uh, prescribed me naproxen um, for the muscle spasms to take for a couple weeks, see how I feel, see if I, if I get any more of them. He told me not to take the, uh, the booster yet until, like, after speaking to him again, uh, which I didn't. And then I had literally had my, my booster set up, I think it was for like yesterday. And obviously, I got the Rona, like, uh, days before. So, I don't know if the booster would have stopped it. Probably not. My wife is boosted, but um, maybe with the booster, I would have had an even better time. Who knows? But uh, just wanted to add that anecdotal piece of my personal experience, for what it's worth. Thankfully, since, I haven't had those, like, uh, weird spasm things, which, again, were, like, they've come on, like, on different times, like, while I was in front of the computer, um, one time I was doing like some construction with, with my brother with a room that we we're remodeling for my mother and it came on then once I was just like on the train on my way home from work because I was like going in a couple of days a week and it happened there I was just like sitting watching something on my phone so I couldn't pinpoint it to like a specific oh it happens every time I'm doing this you know and the fact that it was like in different spots like just threw things off even more so it's just a weird like a weird feeling that i hadn't felt before and my doctor actually said he that if the the symptoms i was describing were 
specific to like my joint areas like my my knees my elbows he would think it was something like fibromyalgia or something like that he said um but since i'm describing them as like you know shooting pains and like muscle spasm feeling and like related he thinks it is a a rare side effect of the the vaccine that i took the pfizer vaccine but who knows nobody knows everything absolutely for sure right but all you can do is read as much as you can learn as much as you can listen to as many experts as you can listen to your doctors which is an expert by no means take any of the above or any singular one of the above as a holy grail as something that has 100 percent of all the answers and uh going back to what we were saying before you know do what you feel is best for you and yours my wife's also been making like tea with like stuff like i said before um the way us us dominicans make tea not like chamomile although if we had we probably would put some of that in there but usually like cinnamon sticks eh, um allspice and like different spices and shit you just boil it on the stove with some water throw that shit in a cup uh some ginger and i'm not sure what else she's been putting in there but that's been pretty good my sister-in-law judy spontaria alum as well she's been on the podcast um told us that their cousin that's sick in massachusetts they tried this thing that helped them like with their breathing and coughing and stuff like that and like i said before when you're sick when you don't know what the fuck is gonna happen when you start like I, yeah like I, my wife and i literally had talks of fucking mortality and like yo do you want to go on a what, what do they call it not the incubator but like the uh respirator if you need help breathing do you not uh because you know like the the argument there is at first they thought you know folks needed you know we needed all these respirators to help folks breathe because you know they obviously have trouble breathing with covid and stuff like that but they started finding that folks that were getting on the respirators a lot of them were wound up dying because their lungs stopped working because the respirators were working for them so once they were taken off the respirators once they were put on the respirators their lungs were like oh shit i don't have to work as hard the respirator got this and then once they're taken off the respirator then they die in a lot of cases whereas the folks that did have the strength to actually like fight through that and not go on the respirators and were able to like fight through and make it to the other side their lungs like fought through and then they got like strong enough to be able to like breathe on their own and stuff like that and not need the respirator so it's like a catch-22 so we had that conversation we're like what do you want to do if you die god forbid and if i die god forbid and you know what i mean so like you're when somebody says, yo, this might help, you're like, okay, I'll try it. Oh, oh, I'll take that. I'll take two of those. I'll take three of those. <laughs> so my sister-in-law told us about um, boiling water with vapor rub, which is a a Dominican, not just Dominican, probably Hispanic across the board, definitely Dominican, Puerto Rican, like antidote to, anecdote, anecdote, anecdote to all, which is vapor rub, viva Puerto um, so she said, boil a pot of water, put some biapodo in it, put a lot of salt in it. And then at the end, once it's boiling, put a little baking soda in it. And then like all the fumes that are coming up, like put a towel over your head so you can catch all the fumes and like breathe all that shit in. And it'll like help open up your chest. And that folks is the cure to COVID. Now let me stop. <laughs> but it's something definitely that we did and it helped, you know, it gave some relief at the very least. You know, and I think essentially it, it acts as a humidifier, you know, like those humidifiers that you put uh, Vicks, uh, Vicks Vapor Rub in 
and kind of like fills up the room and helps you know open up your nasal pathways and like stuff like that but yeah man that has been my experience my family's experience with covid thankfully it seems like we're we've gotten past the the hump past the worst parts of it i don't know if i would have had a a a worse time a better time the same time whether i was vaxxed or not I don't know if I would have had a better time, a worse time, the same time, whether I took all these vitamins and minerals and supplements or not. But I'm glad that I'm able to record this right now. I'm glad that not like so many others that have died from this. Folks that have had to have been hospitalized and have it much worse off than, you know, just quarantining, quarantining in an apartment for a week or two. And that's why I think it's important not to demonize folks for you know finding whatever it is that works for them the pfizer vaccine works for you great the human dose of ivermectin aka the quote-unquote horse dewormer that rogan took which is also by the way what is given for when you have dengue fever billions with the b doses have been given to folks across the world of ivermectin in 2015 the creator or discoverer of it was awarded the Nobel Prize <laughs> for it, by the way, FYI, you know, past the, the, the headlines. That works for you, great. The Moderna vaccine worked for you, great. Vitamins, minerals, supplements work for you, fucking awesome. Monoclonal antibodies work for you, amazing. The IV vitamin drip works for you, dope. Getting healthier, eating right, staying fit, just being more aware of yourself and your health, and you, that works for you great and if you're somebody who decided not to get vaccinated for whatever reason whether it's a legitimate reason like uh the reasons that the cdc lists on their website themselves that literally say do not take this vaccination if you're allergic to any of the substances within it and lists uh polyglycol or whatever the fuck it is and a bunch of other ingredients and it literally say do not take this vaccine and you chose to go that route then great even if your your decision making isn't that logical and you know you're following some warped QAnon conspiracy and think the taking the vaccine is going to open up a portal to the depths of hell or some crazy shit like that then that's your choice you chose to go that route good luck you know or if you just chose to for whatever reason you know this is a new vaccine we still don't know the long term ramifications of it it's at most, we have studies that are at most like two years, two, two plus years long. There's no five year, 10 year, 20 year studies. You know, there's medications all the time that, you know, I think on average, the FDA declassifies or de-approves, whatever they call it, decommissions, rolls back, recalls a thousand plus medications and vaccinations a year. And it could be in year 10, 20, 30, when they, you know, figure some shit out that it, some adverse long-term effect and you don't want to take that risk, then fine, you know. I am fully vaccinated. I chose to, you know, I did my risk assessment and chose to get it. You did your risk assessment, may have chosen to get it, may have chosen not to get it. And that's fine. But that that which I consider not fine is the othering and separating and dividing because of it, because of those choices that we decided to take for ourselves, for our own lives, for our own loved ones, for our own reasons. When did that become the fucking way? But I digress. You do what works for you. I do what works for me. We're all in this shit together at the end of the day. 
and it sucks, but sometimes we need situations like this to remind us of that fact, that we all do have that common goal at the end of the day of being happy and healthy and of our families being happy and healthy. That's it. How you get there, I don't give a fuck. I want you to get there. I don't give a fuck how you get there. And don't worry about how I get there. Unless you have good intentions, that, that type of energy aimed at me. But that projecting, that othering, that that divide and conquer bullshit that we're like playing into like so so easily, so so disturbingly easily. Let's check that shit within ourselves. You know what I mean? Like we could do that directly within ourselves, individually, each of us. And I don't mean that in a selfish way of just looking out for numero uno, you know, but we do need to be better of or be better at taking care of ourselves instead of just projecting and trying to reinforce the idea that some other is the source of our whatever issue we're having, whatever health issue, whatever financial issue, whatever physical issue. Stop pointing the finger. All that shit starts with you. Starts with me. Starts with each of us. And stay safe out there, folks. The next episode of the podcast, I hope to do the year-end roundup for 2021. That I was hoping this episode to be. But until then, I appreciate the fuck out of each of you. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Peace. What's up, folks? Tony here. I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I enjoy producing it for you. Here are a few quick ways you can help support this show. You can support the Spun Today podcast by going to spuntoday.com forward slash support. There you'll find my merch section where you can cop the iconic podcasts versus anybody t-shirt in a wide variety of different colors and all different sizes. Also, if you're into cycling, you can cop the super soft, comfortable, minimalist design Spun Today Bike Club t-shirt. Also available in a bunch of different colors and all different sizes. There are a few other designs of different types of t-shirts. Definitely go there and check it out. SpunToday.com forward slash support. It's the merch section where you can also get a dope coffee mug. I have coffee mugs with the brand new redesigned Spun Today logo on one side and the tagline that I end every show with on the other which is start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. The mug is available in both black and white because we don't discriminate here at the Spun Today podcast. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash support and check out the merch section. You can support the Spun Today podcast by checking out my writing. You can go to spuntoday.com forward slash free writing and check out some of my free association writing, which is intended to be some cathartic free writing, but oftentimes doubles down as motivation for myself and others. At spuntoday.com forward slash short stories, you can read a bunch of the different short stories that I've written and actually listen to the audiobook versions of those short stories there as well. Another way you can help support my writing is by going to spuntoday.com forward slash books and checking out what I have in store for sale. Digital copies are available in all formats, whether it be Kindle, iBooks, or a different type of e-reader. You can also purchase paperback copies if that's your preferred reading method. Currently available, I have my nonfiction, Make Way For You, which is a collection of freely written thoughts that were curated and put together as tips for getting out of your own way. Also available is my debut time travel novel titled Fractal. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash books to show your support. Support the Spun Today podcast by following me on social at Spun Today on Twitter, at Spun Today on Instagram. 
please also check out and like my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash spun today and subscribe to my YouTube page as well. On my YouTube page, not only will you get these full length episodes, but you'll also get to check out some chopped up clips and bonus content. To get to my YouTube page, just search spun today on YouTube or click on any of the YouTube icons on the footer of my website. Also, don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever it is that you're listening. It really does help. The Spun Today newsletter is available to each and every one of my listeners absolutely for free. All you have to do is go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and drop in your email address. What I'm going to do is brighten up everybody's least favorite day of the week by delivering five curated things within my weekly newsletter every Monday at noon. You're going to receive a photo of the week, a recommended podcast of the week. I listen to tons of podcasts from an array of varied interests. I cherry pick the very best ones so that you can check them out. I also share a video of the week, which can be anything from a tasty recipe to a dope rap battle to an enlightening TED talk. I also share a quote of the week. And finally, for my fellow wordsmiths out there, a word of the week so that you can step up your vocab. Again, this curated list is yours absolutely free by going to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and dropping in your email address and you can unsubscribe at any time. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe, drop in your email address and you'll get the very next one. If you want to help support the Spun Today podcast financially, you can do so by going to spuntoday.com forward slash support. Here you'll find a few different ways that you can do so. You can shop on Amazon, but first go to my website, spuntoday.com forward slash support. Click on the Amazon banner, which will take you to Amazon's website where you do your shopping like you normally do. It will not cost you anything extra, but I will get credit for driving traffic to their website. Another cool way that you can help support this show is through Patreon, where you can set up reoccurring donations to my podcast, whether it be $1 per show, $2 per show, etc. And depending on how much you choose to pledge, you will receive some Patreon perks in return. Things like free writing pieces, free bookmarks, free digital copies of my books, etc. Again, my Patreon link can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash support. You can also set up similar reoccurring payments via my Ko-fi page. And if you want to send a one-time happiness bomb donation, if you will, you can do so via my PayPal link. Again, all of which can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash support. If you're a fellow creative, a cool way that you can help support the Spun Today podcast and actually be part of the podcast is by filling out my five question questionnaire located at spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. Here you'll find five open questions related to your craft, your art, what inspires you to create, what type of unrelated hobbies you're into, and what motivates you to get your work done. You can choose to remain anonymous or plug your website and your work. And once you submit your questionnaire, I read your responses on a future episode of the Spun Today podcast. It's completely free at no cost to you. And what I like to say about it is that if your responses could potentially spark inspiration in someone else, why not share that? SpunToday.com forward slash questionnaire. And as always, folks, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening. I love you, Aiden. I love you, Daddy.